0: You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. All right, it's uh, Monday about noon and uh, we played the Redskins yesterday. Snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, I suppose. Uh, Louis Vergoni is here with me. Tell me about your thoughts
1: on the game. Well, we came a lot closer to winning a football game this week, obviously. Uh, one play away, not a great play call at the end of the game. Uh, a lot of people have that opinion of the play. It just seems like the play call may have not been a bad one, Mike, but the execution just wasn't there. Well, there was
0: something wrong on that play. It's fundamentally wrong uh, because when you look at that play, when when Drake caught the ball, you know, he's five yards from the end zone, and there's – three or three or four defenders between him and the goal line so the odds right. of him scoring even if he catches it uh were remote at best i mean he can make people miss but he's not going to make four people miss exactly you know so something happened on that play now as a side note uh on the previous play on De- Devontae parker's touchdown it turns out that uh the center got hurt Okay. And uh, they started moving bodies all around the offensive line to, to make up for that. So I'm thinking maybe one of those linemen that should have gotten out there had no idea what to do, and it didn't happen.
1: So Kildor went out. Kill Kilgore, Kildor, yeah. Kildor. Kildor. Killed us. He killed us all day yesterday. <laughs> Pretty him much. And, him and the rest of the offensive line. But, uh, well, that makes a lot of sense, I guess, to an extent. But the play was just off. The throw wasn't great it was yeah, a little bit
0: behind him it was on his back shoulder
1: right and that you know I, again i didn't think it was going to be successful whether he caught it just like you said but you know overall yesterday you know it was fun to watch at least the fourth quarter was the first three quarters were just a lot of the same uh, horrible offensive line play across the board the first quarter was brutal to watch first quarter was absolutely horrible it seemed like the redskins their strategy was to just constantly put pressure on Rosen, and they were throwing everything at him, and um, it was working. So why stop it?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, he has, you know, the book on Rosen is basically that he doesn't handle pressure well, and uh, I think you saw that confirmed yesterday, didn't you?
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, He struggled. I think he got rattled. Uh, as the game progressed, and he had time to throw, and we're getting right into Rosen here, which is kind of what I didn't want to do. But well, that's
0: not. We'll go ahead and uh, refer back to the game, and we'll get back
1: to Rosen. Yeah, we'll go back to the game overall. You know, I felt that the defense played a pretty solid game, but you know, I had I had some issues. I mean, you know, the Redskins coming in have a couple of guys that you know they're gonna they're gonna pound Peterson, and you know they're gonna throw to the rookie McLaren. And um, both guys had over 100 yards. McLaren had over 100 yards receiving. Peterson went over uh, 100 yards rushing the football. And you know, coming in, you know, those are the two guys that if you stop them, they're not getting any points on the board. They're not going to move the football at all, and we were incapable of stopping Peterson at times. There were a few drives where he was just running all over us, and you knew he was getting the rock. So that was disturbing, and we didn't come up with any turnovers yesterday either. Now, you know, you look at the scoreboard, and you see 17 points – you know that Washington put up and you're satisfied with that but again this wasn't a very good offense coming in so you know I, I give them an average grade I thought they did a pretty good job you know the fact that Xavier Howard was out had an effect on the secondary even though um sure did Nick Needham came in and played an extremely good game uh you know yeah, remember, that,
0: that, I gotta be honest that shocked me
1: <laughs> yeah well I mean we watched him and we made comment to him during the preseason, how horrible he, he was. He was horrible. Number 40, number 40. Who is this number 40? He's getting smoked <laughs> on every play. I mean, I was like, holy cow. Where, what is this guy doing on a football field? But he comes in. They brought him up from the practice squad, Correct. Yes, yesterday's he, he was game.
0: outstanding by the way. He and, was outstanding.
1: Right. He played he played a, a really really good football game and um, you know again the competition you're going up against in regard to the the red the redskin group of receivers, you know, I mean, you know, Jeremy Sprinkle, <laughs> Trey <laughs> Quinn, Paul Richardson, okay, you know, but um you know they they did they did a fairly good job yesterday. Again, you know we're we're on the losing side, you know, but um, and we didn't have our best defensive players, so you know it's an average grade for them. You know the offense failed up until the fourth quarter. You know we, we got you know Fitzpatrick came in and we'll talk about him a little bit later as well, and they were able to move the football and get back into the football game and almost win it. You know, so overall you got to be somewhat satisfied. We were a little short-handed yesterday you know, in, in a few positions. But, um, you know, they they did a, a pretty solid job. And, uh, you know, again, we're at what now? 0-5? We are. You, know, you can't be overly satisfied with it. No,
0: but what you want to see, Lewis, is you want to see the youngsters performing well. And uh, I think on defense, obviously, uh, like we said, Needham had a great game. Vince Eagle showed himself well. Yes. Uh, C- Kristen Wilkins showed himself well. Raquan McMillan showed himself well. So those are good signs.
1: They, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, they had some good performances on the defensive side. On the offensive side, it's, you know, it's it's so hard to... A little to, rougher. It's a little rougher. Uh, Dieter, you know, across that line, Mike, I don't think anybody played well. I mean, I got to tell you, they're the pass rush was coming from up the middle from the out it didn't matter
0: the guards were really bad
1: oh yesterday. I mean it was so Dieter and you know we, we've got to give him some time because he is a rookie and he's been thrown into the mix immediately and moved
0: around all over the place
1: and moved around exactly I mean there was actual talk that he was going to start at left tackle yesterday correct yes uh, you know for for a short time last week so you know, the bottom line is this, is that every week we've had a completely different offensive line. I don't think we've had the same five guys out there once yet this season over the first five games, and, and it shows. And, uh, you know, the fact is, is that Dieter is getting the experience and, you know, going in the next season. And, you know, as we progress through this season, you know, hopefully he gets better. You know, he becomes a much better football player. And uh, Jesse Davis is another one that um, – you know, I know he's playing somewhat injured, but he just had a horrible game at that at that right tackle position yesterday. I mean, yeah. early in the game, they were just destroying him. It gave up four pressures. Right, and that's not Deacon Jones that you're playing up against either. You know, <laughs> so I mean, you know, it it it, it was rough overall. Um, you know, and and the problem becomes this, Mike. Uh, you know, when when we're trying to evaluate the young players. Uh, You've got a situation where you're trying to see what you have in Preston Williams and Gisecki and guys like that. And even Walton. You know, Walton, by the way, started yesterday. I mean, thought he, know, played well. he played well. He played, he played well. Exactly. He did a really good job. Um, you know, it's kind of what they did yesterday is how we thought they would do things coming into the season. You know, Balage getting the ball around by the goal line and powering the football in, which he did yesterday. He actually was involved on the fake punt, too, by the way, which was was. a really, really fun (laughs) play and a nice play. And uh, he did a good job on that as well. Um, And then you have, you know, Drake, who's your third-down guy who had an excellent, you know, he made a lot of plays in the fourth quarter. I thought he did a really good job running the football yesterday for us. Uh, I think he averaged about four yards a carry, again, behind that offensive line. And it's saying something. You know, Walton averaged, I think, over five yards a carry he rushing did. the football. Yeah. I, mean, I know he had an 18-yard run, but, you know, that's that's part of counts, the mix. Right. It all counts. So, you know, overall, you know, I thought the running backs did a good job. And I liked it. You know, I liked the roles that they that they put them in yesterday. You know, they put every guy where they should have been. You know, early in the year, you saw Bellage going out and, you know, involved in the passing game, and that was a complete failure. And, you know, we couldn't understand it, and it seems like they've made the adjustments. And uh, yesterday, they were all productive in their own yeah, way. Yeah, I
0: agree with you. I, yeah. I like the way they were using the backs yesterday.
1: Right, but uh, getting... Let's get,
0: back, let's get back to Davis for a second. Go ahead. Here's my issue with with Davis, okay? And it's not with him personally, but with the way they're using him. Right. Uh, He played right tackle yesterday. Right. He had played left tackle. He had played right guard. You're right. You know, they're moving him all around, and I really think that's tough on a lineman. I I just feel like they need to put these guys in one position and let them settle in there and get good at what they're doing. And I I know, you know, they're trying to – Fill players in where they think they'll fit best when other guys are injured. I get that, but uh, sometimes I think you're better off just going weaker at one position than weakening your entire line trying to make up for an
1: injury. Right. I totally, I totally get what you're saying, and they're, what they're doing is is they're they're having guys moved around, adjusting to these injuries and. Basically, you're hurting two positions while you're doing that. And I don't understand. Their logic is they're going to put the best five linemen out there. That's that's the route they're going, Mike. They're saying, okay. No, I get
0: that. I you get know, that. And I and exactly I know you what they're
1: get doing. I, I know you get it. I'm just explaining it to everybody that's listening. They're trying to get the five best players on the football field. But to your point, they're, they're hurting us in a sense because they're not – establishing guys at one position. They did it to Dieter as well. Didn't they move him over to left tackle for one of the games this year? I mean, leave him at left guard. And whoever the second best guy is at that left tackle position, who, who is your backup for that position, you plug him in there. Because to your point, again, you're weakening two positions. Now that's our take on it obviously our coaching staff has a different philosophy on it. They're putting their five best offensive linemen on that given week on the football field, and I don't think it is helping us. I don't really agree with that philosophy, and I don't think you do either. No, I really don't. No, I don't either. So, you know, that's where we're at, and, you know, we got to hope that I mean, I guess if that's the philosophy that our coaching staff is going to use, then we have to hope that these guys stay healthy the rest of the year so we can have the same five guys playing the same five positions. I mean,
0: you know, and, there's a reason guards are guards and not tackles.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Mike, listen, the, the bottom line is it's been a disaster. And we knew it was going to be bad. Did we think it was going to be this bad? Probably not. I mean, it's been, you know, it's been a situation where every single week we haven't had the same offensive line. I think I already said that. And it, it's showing on the football field. And getting back to my point, and again, you made a really good point with Davis because he has played, I think, three different positions over five games. And he's playing hurt on top of that. That's right. So, I mean, the guy I have the biggest problem with across that offensive line is is Kilgore. Uh, you know he's he's our veteran. He should be our rock in the middle at center. The guy snaps the ball, you know, about eight inches, you know, on a big third down play yesterday. But he just didn't play well on top of that. He had a horrible game. I mean, they were getting pressure up the middle, and he's the guy you expect the most from. And he was probably the biggest failure yesterday overall. I think he played the worst across the offensive line, and that's saying a lot. Now, with that being said. It's very difficult to evaluate your young players. You know, Walton running the football and Jacecki trying to get down the field and making plays, Preston Williams. When the quarterback doesn't have time to do things or the running back doesn't have lanes to run through, you can't evaluate these guys. So the offensive line is a struggle. And it affects the way you're going to be able to evaluate these other young guys. On the defensive side of the well, football, Mike Well, slow,
0: it slows the progression of your offense.
1: Absolutely. I didn't agree with the fact that they named Rosen the starter for the rest of the year. I felt that they should just take it week to week for this exact reason. Because now Fitzpatrick came in, and the fan base, and even the players. You know, if you, if you look, if you're on this team, Mike... As a player, you're you're a Preston Williams, you're a Devontae Parker, and you get the football in the matter of a quarter, you get the ball thrown to you more than you did the whole football game. It's telling, you know, how do you go out next week and say, well, you know what, I'd rather have Rosen in the game. These players, the coaching staff's going to have to sell this to the players that, listen... This is what we're trying to do. But as a football player, if I'm on the Miami Dolphins and I'm a wide receiver, I want Fitzpatrick on the football field right now. I mean, do you agree with
0: that? Well, let's not forget his first two games. Hey, guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do do run a Facebook group. Uh, It's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, Let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week.
1: Right, so I the under- Right, you know. Right. So
0: you know, if I'm the coach, you know, I I think there's a way to approach this as to where you kind of save face, and you just say to the team, "Hey, look, whoever's got the hot hand is going to play. If uh, we start Rosen this coming week, and and by halftime he's not getting it done, we'll make a change again."
1: Right, but that the bottom line is is that they named him the starter, and yep. we're going to see much of the same. For the rest of the season. I mean, coming into this week's game, now we're going up to Buffalo to play Buffalo. Now, what do you think they're going to do? I mean, they're going to look at this game film and they're going to approach this game the same way the Redskins did. They're going to throw.
0: You remember Woodstock, right? I look at it as the same type of situation. Exactly.
1: You know, this is the situation I think we're going to be in week to week until Rosen proves that he can overcome overcome, and make some plays when they send blitzes. And when he has time is my concern. because Well, I'm
0: going to get into that, Lewis.
1: Go ahead. We'll get, why don't you get into it right now? Uh, unless you want to stay on the game, Mike, and um, and then we can get back to it. Let's do that.
0: Let's stay on the game, and, and we'll, we'll leave this for when we're done talking about the game.
1: Okay, so we we discussed Needham and the game he had. I felt he played a pretty solid game. Uh, you know, the offensive line we already discussed. You know, we already discussed Drake. You know, Parker, you know, somebody mentioned on our um our Facebook page that we everybody overlooked the touchdown catch at the end of the game by Parker, and it was a nice play. I saw that. Oh, it was you? Okay. So he beat beat his man, man man-to-man. It was a big play in the game, and it was a great catch. And he held on to the football. And he puts us in a position to win it there. So you know, I felt that um, you know a lot of guys on the offensive side of the football did a really solid job yesterday behind a really bad offensive line. You know, other than the quarterback. You know, our starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I felt the secondary held up pretty well. You know, considering our best player was out. The linebackers did an average job again. You know, when you when the other team rushes for, you know, well over 100 yards, you know, it's it's kind of hard to give them a great grade, but I thought they did, an, you know, an average job yesterday. So, I mean, did anybody else stand out for you, Mike, you know, in regard to any of the players?
0: Well, I mean, on defense, I thought Rashad Jones made his present felt. Right. McMillan, I thought, was solid again.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, we talked about Needham. Uh, John Jenkins played okay in a reserve role. Right. Vince Beagle played okay uh, at, at uh, right outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're, you're seeing, like I said, some of the young guys come in and do well, uh, but there's other young guys coming in not doing so well. And, you know, talk, uh, Taco Charlton, you know, he, he had a real big game uh, last week, but this week really didn't do much of anything that I noticed. And, no, uh, he disappeared. They were running around his end quite a bit.
1: So. Right. And Charles Harris, uh, you know, I mean, we can basically just. I mean, first-round pick. I well, mean, you know, he got he
0: got 12 snaps yesterday, Lewis.
1: Yeah, 12 snaps. I mean, my goodness. So that,
0: that tells you where they're going with Charles Harris.
1: And there's ne- there's really not a lot of depth at that defensive end position. So what does that tell you about this guy? I mean, we, another first-round pick that's a above and beyond failure at this point. And it, I don't think anything's going to change with him. I, I'd be shocked shocked if he even makes the team next year uh yeah. he's going to be a casualty and you know there's there's really nothing the special teams played well yesterday yes. they, they had another solid game nice solid kick our punter did a good job we had the again the fake punt that we referred you to know earlier. he
0: shanks one every now and then but i think overall he's done a phenomenal job he's a good punter
1: he, yeah and the coverage is good i mean they've done a very very good job on special teams They've been pretty solid there as well. So Oh, I know who we
0: forgot to talk about. Our free safety. McCain? Yeah.
1: Yeah. McCain yeah. had a solid game. He had a, pretty, as well. he had a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. He had a pretty good game.
0: Uh my only th- my only thing is, you know, he's a guy I look to to, you know, get in there and pick something off and he really hasn't had that opportunity, you know. He needs to get around the ball more.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mike, without a pass rush. I mean well, it I know. it really, really hurts your secondary. Again, no turnovers yesterday. It really hurts your secondary because there's no there's no pressure, there's no rush throws, there's no mistakes by a quarterback. I mean they're they're able and yesterday it was the same situation. The 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 opposing quarterbacks are able to stand there flat footed, exactly. look around, pick pick out where they're going they have usually they go to a receiver that's isolated on one of our cornerbacks it happened again yesterday mcLaren had one-on-one coverage and and he was beating our guy and it was downfield you know so they're they're able to to sit back and and make these throws and of course that's going to affect t- turnovers in the secondary you know I, I mean i think it's more to that point than it is you know, him not being able to make plays. You know, I think they did a solid job yesterday overall considering Howard was out, so.
0: All right, now I'm going to talk about Rosen a little bit.
1: Sure. My favorite I started, I
0: started well it is yeah. <laughs> I I, st- I started to watch that game and you know the, the first quarter I felt sorry for him I'll be honest with you because Absolutely. uh there was a lot of heat in the kitchen yep and uh you know like I said before the book on him is he doesn't handle pressure well and uh, he didn't handle it particularly well yesterday but what was alarming to me was not how he performed under pressure but how he performed when there wasn't any pressure he had 34 dropbacks and he was he, there was no pressure on 19 of those. And uh, on those 19 passes, he threw 11 completions, which is uh, a 57.9 completion percentage, which is, I'm sure everybody knows, is not good enough in today's NFL. Right. He had uh, two batted passes. He had one pass dropped. And these are all, you know, on those throws that were, there was no pressure. Okay. Um, He had one first down on those 11 completions. Uh, He averaged 2.4 yards per attempt. 2.1,
1: 2.1, you said? 2.4. 2.4, wow. Two and a half yards, wow.
0: Right, per attempt. Now let's put that in perspective, okay? Uh, Fitzpatrick came in. Uh, he had 15 plays where he wasn't pressured. He had 11 completions, one touchdown, seven first downs, and 8.1 yards per attempt. Now, granted, he was running in no huddle, and, you know, maybe the defense is backing off just a little bit. Right. But uh, you can see that, that you know one guy is, is getting it done without pressure and the other guy isn't. And, and that, that is that a concern. Uh, you, your quarterback has got to be able to complete passes for first downs when nobody's harassing him in the pocket.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: now, the only thing I'm going to say in his defense, and it needs to be said, is... You know, they're going to max protect most of the time, which means, you know, he's got three men out in the pattern. Right. You know, but still, he's he's got to find a way to get that ball in there. He's 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 too timid. He's he's got to throw it and let his receivers get open.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: You know, it's called throwing them open, and you got to do it. You know, he's just got to be a little bit more aggressive, and, and because there's no excuse for 2.4 yards per attempt, there's no excuse for that. That reminds me of check down, Tannehill. You know, uh, there's just no reason for it. You've got to go downfield. You you know, remember Marino against the Bears in '85, right? Yeah. They blitzed the hell out of him. But, you know, he, under pressure, was able to deliver. He and did. when he wasn't pressured in that game, he was able to deliver. And if you're going to have a franchise quarterback, I don't care if it's Marino, Aaron Rodgers, or, or Russell Wilson, or uh, Josh Rosen, they've got to make plays. And and I have seen nothing from Rosen so far for me to say he has that it factor.
1: Agreed. Uh, Absolutely agreed. You know, Mike, as I watch him, there's no urgency. I mean I I it, to me it seems like it, it you know it's like you're watching Tannehill all over again that the a little bit. the urgency the intensity it's not there now the
0: difference between him and Tannehill to me is he has a little better pocket presence
1: agreed that's I,
0: I, the difference to me other than that they're the same quarterback
1: they they're very very similar and Rosen is not as athletic as Tannehill and you know, and he, probably
0: he, not as accurate either.
1: He can't. He can't get away from pressure. You know, whereas Tannehill could run a little bit once he got going. But th- the comparison yesterday. I mean, here's a 36 year old guy in Fitzpatrick, and when he threw the touchdown at the end of the game, did you see how fired up he was? I mean, you can see when he comes into the game how jacked up he is, and this is what you want the out. The announcer of your said it. Louis is a gamer. He's a gamer, but. But regardless of the fact, you, you, you still you're, he's a gamer, but you have to bring that sort of intensity onto the field with you. You have to have that like just that, that X factor. And like you mentioned a minute ago, I don't see it in him. I, and the physical attributes are not there either. So you're looking at a guy that teams know how to defend, and that's what we ran into with Tannehill, that the book was out there on him. He never made adjustments. He never got any better than what he was year in and year out. And I think we're looking at the same thing. If this guy cannot produce on the circumstances that are going to be thrown at him, then you, he is what he is going forward. So, you know, with that being said... Well,
0: you'd, you'd expect Buffalo to copy the same exact blueprint, Absolutely. You? Absolutely. So we'll see next week how he adjusts and, and you know, if he, if he makes any changes to his game. But, uh, you know, there's only so much you can do in a week. But if I were talking to him, I would say you've got to be more aggressive. You've, you've got to give your receiver. You've got two tall receivers on the outside. You've got to give them a chance because when they're only sending three receivers out uh, back and these two tall kids, you've got to throw it up and give them a chance to get it. Just be accurate with the football. Absolutely. Give them an opportunity and you'll be fine.
1: It, Mike, it, it's you know th- there's a play in the game. I'll refer back to the game real quick, where he throws the ball down the middle of the field to Jaceki, and Jaceki's uh-huh. about thirty yards down the middle of the field, and the two safeties are sitting right there in the middle of the field, and the one safety comes up and almost intercepts it. So he throws basically into into double coverage there. Now, that's a bad read. And it was on a play where he had time to throw the football. He looked down the middle of the field. He did this all day yesterday. He locked in on receivers. And I watched him doing it it over and over again. Now, to your point just now, you've got two receivers on the outside that are probably man-to-man because the two safeties were sitting right in the middle of the field. Look at Jacecki, and if that's the situation, then you got to look outside at one of your receivers, because I can guarantee you one of them is beating his guy man-to-man. They're both pretty solid. When
0: we say he was rattled, that's a uh, byproduct of being rattled. You're not taking the time to go through your progressions.
1: Well... When you have that kind of time to sit there and throw as a professional quarterback, you got to make those plays, Mike, regardless of whether you're rattled or not, you know? I mean, it is what it is. So, if he's going to get rattled early in games and it's going to affect him for 3 quarters, then he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's that simple. If if a team comes out and they just start knocking you around early in the first quarter and you're done for the rest of the game, that's it. You're done. Yep. That's the yep. way it's going to be. I mean, you have to respond to that. You have to, as, as a coaching staff and as a quarterback in the NFL, you have to make the adjustments. Well, he and, wasn't, and that's why he was benched. <laughs> exactly. And I, w- were you surprised by that? Because I sort of was. I did not see it coming. I mean, I was thinking it. But yeah, I exactly. never thought they were gonna do it. I because
0: mean, he had just announced him the starter going exactly. forward, it was surprising, but not unwarranted.
1: Not oh, by no means unwarranted, because you saw the result. If I'm a head coach on this football team and I'm watching this and it you know, the sec the first quarter, okay, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They were throwing a lot of blitzes at him. But as I watched the second quarter, I made notes in the second and the third quarter. He just made, he threw a couple of interceptions, a couple of bad interceptions. Oh, no,
0: no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to defend him on those interceptions. Okay. And um, I said this in the game chat, and after the game, John Congemi, do you know who he is?
1: Yes, he's an ex-quarterback. He is,
0: and he said the same thing that I said, and what I said was, our receivers at the top of their routes are not aggressive. They become stationary, waiting for the ball to get to them. Mm -hmm. They've got to attack the football. And when you don't do that, it gives the defender the angle to jump in front of you and intercept the pass. And that's the problem that I saw with both of those interceptions. Both of those balls should have either been contested or completed to us. And because the receivers were lazy... It didn't happen.
1: It's it's possible. I mean, I, I think it goes both ways. On one of the interceptions specifically, Mike, and I don't remember which one it was, it didn't seem like there was an awful lot on the throw. It looked like he well, was Well, there just, may
0: not have been, but it was a catchable pass had the, had the receiver actually made an attempt to get back to the football.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you know, again, I think we're splitting hairs here. Uh, you know, if, if a receiver is that close to your... And, and you know, if, if a defender, I should say, is... Right Right on top of the receiver and he's in a position to where he can make that play and you can blame it on the receiver as well it may have been both parts but as well, i here, watch- here,
0: let me hold on let me, let me say something to you we are saying that Rosen needs to be more aggressive and throw his receivers open well there's a flip side to that and the flip side to that is when he does that the receivers need to do everything they can to make the play
1: absolutely absolutely but on the one interception that I'm referring to, that the corner was all over him. He was covered. He had him covered, you know. And and regardless of of what the situation was, the corner, the corner or the safety or whoever it was that was covering him, it was in the middle of the field somewhere, was was right there, you know, to make the play. And yeah, maybe he didn't make the proper, you know, he he didn't come back to the ball enough, but it's again, all
0: about angles, Lou.
1: It's it right. It's angles and it's and it's reading it's reading defenses and, you know, possibly going elsewhere with the football. Listen, how many times in the fourth quarter did uh Fitzpatrick get the ball on the flat to where it became a productive play? And that's all it takes. I mean, Drake extended a few drives on and so did Walton on on just simple throws. You know, underneath, and and that's what you have to do as a quarterback. I mean, you have to get it done. The bottom line, and and you can, I mean, we can refer back to the receivers, Mike. When Fitzpatrick came into the game, the receivers didn't have problems. I don't think he threw anything that even came close to being an interception.
0: Well, I- remember, remember now, it's it's not apples to apples because in the beginning of the game they were bringing a lot of pressure on Rosen. When Fitzpatrick came in there, they were not.
1: Right, but I'm not talking about the first quarter, Mike. I'm referring back to times where he had time to throw, and on the interception, he did have time to throw. It wasn't like a guy was no, bearing I agree down on him, you know. I agree. So I agree with that. I mean, in the first quarter, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. There's no question about it. I'm talking about for the remaining third, uh, the remaining three quarters of the football game. Um, You saw – and I'll I'll tell you what, I mean, the game wasn't out of reach. It wasn't like we were down by 35 points and Fitzpatrick came in and led us to two drives late because the defense was sitting back. Oh, no, once we scored that first touchdown, it was on because the Redskins knew, the defense knew, the the coaching staff on the Redskins knew that uh, we were a touchdown behind from tying this game up, and and they were playing. I mean, it wasn't that sort of. It wasn't garbage touchdowns. No, 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 no. You know, sure. uh, you know. So, you know, Fitzpatrick performed under those circumstances, and he gave our guys opportunities over and over again. The very first pass he threw, I think, was an eighteen-yard completion to uh, Devontae on the outside, and we didn't see any of that the whole day. I mean, you want something. I mean, when you have 85 yards passing through three quarters of a football game with two interceptions, Mike, I mean, regardless of whether your receivers are coming back to the football or not, those are just absolutely horrific numbers. I mean, my God, you can get... Those
0: are two different topics of conversation though
1: right uh, i'm
0: telling you that that the receivers get lazy at the top of their routes and that's a fact you watch it you see it mm-hmm. so i would i would say to you pay attention to it and see if you don't see it
1: right it's it's possible mike do you think it's possible that over the course of the football game that the guys are just not playing up to I mean, do you really believe that a guy like an Aaron Rodgers or Dan Marino, you referred to him earlier, would even put up with something like that? And this is my point. No, I
0: don't. I don't. He would get in their face and he would would say something. Absolutely.
1: Did you hear the commentator during the game? When he when Fitzpatrick came into the game, that look at what he does. He just energizes the rest of your players. This is right. the, this is the type of guy he is, and this is what I'm talking about in regard to Josh Rosen. Don't you think that it feeds off of the quarterback? The quarterback has got to be the guy that that. Puts this, or or instills it, or demands it from demands the rest it. of the yes, team. Absolutely, and th- th- that's that's my whole point. Well, I mean, that, that
0: all falls under leadership and that type of thing. But he's yeah. got to
1: have you got to have that. Do you think Baker Mayfield, Mike, is allowing? Regardless of whether it's Landry or Beckham or any of those guys, to just you know to just get lazy on routes, absolutely not. I mean, he's oh, a he's, young he's guy. having
0: his own struggles, but he's a pretty vocal kid. I, he he I, is. I doubt it.
1: He's yeah. vocal, but he brings that intensity. And yesterday, even though they came off a bad game the week before, he responded. You know, they he played well. Um, Mayfield, but this and Darnold came back from after being out for a few weeks, and they went they went and beat Dallas. And this is my point: o- other guys are doing well, and I know that they're playing behind better offensive lines, and maybe they have better personnel on offense, but. Well
0: Mahomes doesn't play behind
1: a very good offensive line. Right. Exactly. I mean there's other team I mean Philip Rivers didn't play behind the good offensive line. <laughs> no, he did not. And they killed us by the way because yeah. boy we want Pittsburgh to lose week in and week out and unfortunately they didn't get the job done but you know even even a guy like Rivers you know struggled behind a bad offensive line and I get that but Philip Rivers still had that intensity and he was in defenders' faces and, you know, doing everything possible. And he almost had him back in that football game yesterday. You know, they, they were missing, I think, three offensive linemen. It has an effect. There's no question about it. But I'm not talking about anything surrounding Rosen. I'm, talk, Rosen, I'm talking about him as an individual and what I see him lacking. And that is... That cannot be taught, Mike. I really, I truly believe this. He's got to come on the field regardless of who's playing in front of him and take control. And I, I just see him, especially in this game against mediocre competition, just not bringing it up to another level. And you know,
0: there's, a, there's a swagger uh, exactly. that is missing. And exactly. I, I think that's the best way to put it. There's yeah. a swagger that's missing.
1: Yeah, a swagger. Wh- whatever adjective you want to put on it, Mike, the point is, is that I don't see it in them. I just don't. And, um,
0: Well, if I ask you what is it you don't see, basically your answer is leadership. Leadership, uh, energizing the
1: team, making the
0: players around him better, and all those other cliches.
1: Intensity, exactly. I mean, I talked about this either last week or the week before, as far as you know, as the game progressed against Dallas. To me, it seemed like he was getting lazy on some of his throws, and he didn't have that same fire he had. Like we saw him early in one of the games come out, and he looked really, really good. True. In a couple of the games, he came True. out, but he doesn't maintain that. and 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 it has nothing to do with getting hit. I mean, you've got to play four quarters. You're a professional. You know, when you went to your job, Mike, you didn't go out and work the first two hours of your shift or whatever it is you were doing in life and then take the next six hours off. This guy has to bring it for four quarters, regardless of whether he's getting hit over and over again. I mean, so, I mean, we can make all the excuses in the world for him. You know, the bottom line is I just don't see it in him.
0: You, you can't make and an excuse for 2.4 yards. in
1: You can't. You just can't do it. And, um, you know, going forward, I mean, if we want to have fun, over the course of this football season, you know, regardless of whether Fitzpatrick has bad games or not, it's fun to watch. That's the bottom line. It's fun to see receivers making plays down the field. And that throw to Jasekki and that catch by Jasekki down the middle of middle of the field was awesome. It was great. It was a great it was a great play all the way around. And you watch that throw compared to the one earlier in, Ro- you know, when Rosen threw it down the field, and maybe it was late, maybe it wasn't. I don't know, but. They were the same play call, Mike. If you look at both plays, you know one play gets almost intercepted, almost intercepted, and the other one gets caught for what a twenty-eight yard, something like that, down the middle of the field. I don't know how many yards it was, but I think it was thirty. But you're close enough. It was close enough. You get my point. It was a, it was a, it was a positive play compared to a negative play earlier in the game, and it was the same exact play call. So, all regard- right. So,
0: you're Flores, what do you say to Rosen this week?
1: Uh, I already said what I had to say to him. That you're the starting quarterback. You know, I came out in the public. I mean, now, now back me up as a player. Go out there and do what you have to do, Mike. I mean, he gave him the starting position for the rest of the season. I mean, he just let, he put it out there to the public. You know, he made it he he made it known that listen, Rosen's my starter the rest of the year, regardless of what takes place. Does anything else need to be said to him? I mean, he gave him the reins to this. To this. Absolutely. To this just because
0: just yeah, absolutely, there's something else that can be said.
1: Okay, go ahead. I mean, Let the coach. You, you, you know, me. the coach
0: makes the rules. you right. Can very well say, hey, listen, I named you the starter. Uh, you know, for the rest of the season. Right. But I did not expect a performance like that. And if that continues, then I'm going to have to rethink my decision
1: okay and that's fine i'm good with that you know my i I had a problem with him doing that to begin with mike Uh because i always feel that um you should have somebody you should listen first of all you should go out with the most intensity you can period okay you should go out there and maybe maybe he's just a different animal altogether but in this profession you know, when you're showing that, and we saw this with Tannehill. I mean, to me, it always seemed like he was just going through the motions. He didn't have that X factor. And maybe it's just not in his DNA. Maybe he just doesn't have it, Rosen. Well, but, okay, but you
0: watched Thawback, and you watched Greasy, and you watched later quarterbacks that just didn't have that uh, emotional spark, you know, eluding from them. It can be done, but you, you've you got to earn it with your play on the field. If you're going to be, a you know, a quiet leader you've got to get the job done
1: exactly you have to
0: because you have to earn respect somehow you're either going to earn it through your words uh, and, and mannerisms or you're going to earn it through your you know actions on the field and uh, he's not earning it with his actions on the field and if he wants to get the same type of enthusiasm throughout his teammates as as Fitz did late in that game then he's going to have to figure out a way to perform at a higher level
1: exactly you're you're exactly right. I mean, if I'm a like like I said earlier, if you're if you're a football player on this Miami Dolphins team, and you know what, Mike, it, it reflects. I'm not only talking about the guys that play with him in, on the offense. It affects the whole team. It affects the coaching staff, absolutely. Play calling, confidence, it it, it it momentum. It gets picked up right away. As a defensive coordinator, you're like, okay, you know what? We're back in this game. We're going to take a few shots right now. We're going to do things a little bit different because now we're, like, jacked up. The defensive side, it affects them as well as players. You're like, all right, now we're in this game. Let's go out there and get a stop. Let's get a stop
0: because we know he he has a chance to score and win the game.
1: Exactly. Instead of three and out. Now, if you look at our first halves over the course of this season – Going into the half, we were in games, but what did we have in the second half, in the third quarter? It was more of the same, three and out, and then we'd fall behind by two touchdowns, and then before you knew it, it was three touchdowns, and we still weren't doing anything as an offense. We were going out there, and we were still not scoring even garbage points at the end of football games, so you know, that has an effect on your players. You're like, God, we're going to go through this for four quarters again? Now, when Fitzpatrick came in, it added a spark. And maybe, like you said earlier, we're going to do the Woodley Strock situation. And maybe this is going to be the pattern week in and week out. Do I personally like that? No. I think that at some point, if this continues into next week and next week, the, the week thereafter, I should say, then maybe you say, you know what? I've seen enough of this. We're going to start Fitzpatrick, and let's see how we play in that situation. Let's give that a shot again, because obviously this Rosen thing isn't working, naming him as a starter. So we'll give him another week or two and see where see where it winds up and then go from there. So...
0: Well, the advantage to it, Lou, is you you, you get the other team having to prepare, prepare for both quarterbacks.
1: Yes, which is a good thing. That's the advantage to All it.
0: Right. And, and that's really the only advantage to it. You know, because obviously you want one guy to settle in and get the job done. But if, he, if he's not going to do that, at least make it tougher for the other team to know what you're
1: going to do. Agreed. Agreed.
0: That's about all I got on that game. I mean, you know, I enjoyed the effort. I I think people are saying they're, you know, the team itself is tanking. You know, we've talked about it before, maybe even beat it to death, but they're not. Uh, the guys on the field are not tanking. The coach is not tanking. The front office, they're tanking. That's a different story. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that that's all I got. Uh, hopefully, yeah. you know, next off season we can fix the line and uh, find a quarterback or Rosen, de- you know, develops and improves between now and then, which – I think, under these circumstances, is a little bit of a fairy tale.
1: We'll see. Agreed. I mean, you know, in regard to the tanking situation, I mean, if you're tanking, you're not bringing in Fitzpatrick, and you're not giving your team an opportunity to win that football game. I mean, some of the comments... You're not,
0: you're not running the fake punt. You are you know, there's so right. many things you're not, you're not do- doing you're, if right. you're not trying to
1: win. You're punting, you're running the ball in, in, in obvious passing situations. You're being conservative. This team, by no means, is conservative. I mean, they were shorthanded on the defensive side with Howard, and the guy that they put in there did a really solid job. Needham did a good job in in his, you know, replacing him. You're not, again, you're not bringing in Fitzpatrick if you're not trying to win football games. I mean, that that was obvious. You're not making those play calls. You know, you're you're not putting your team in a position to win if you're tanking. So. I, I I'm tired of hearing that nonsense. I really am. I am too, to be honest with you. The, they're, the coaching staff and the players are out there trying to win football games. There's nobody tanking. And I've Mike, I've heard it. I mean I've I've read it, I've heard it, and I think it's the most ridiculous frame of mind you could possibly being, if you think that this team is ta- tanking and this coaching staff is tanking in any way, shape, or form. No,
0: they're not. And if you listen to Bobby McCain's comments after the game, it's evident they're not. He was visibly upset. He was visibly shaking.
1: Right, right.
0: Uh, he was pissed. He was really pissed. He was pissed because they lost uh, and the way they lost, and he was not happy. So you can't tell me that he doesn't care or these guys don't care and they're not trying.
1: Exactly. It's very exactly. clear that they
0: are if you pay attention.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at look at the efforts by Drake as he's getting hit, he's bouncing around, he's spinning. He's I mean, that that's what you want to see, a guy fighting for every single yard. You think guys like that are tanking? And here's a guy that didn't even start, right? He had every reason, Mike, to be you know, like, God, you know, Belage didn't play well. They tried to replace me with him. Now they have Walton. Walton starts the game. I think he played the first two drives, and Drake was sprinkled in there a little bit. But here's a guy that comes on the field and has every reason not to give it his best, and he's out there busting hump. So, no, there's nobody tanking. You know, that's a perfect example right there. So, there you have it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I look, I people, some people say because they went for two, they were trying to lose. I mean, I hear oh, such on. ridiculous things. Just ridiculous. People.
1: Look around the NFL, Mike. There's teams that are in the middle of all of this. I mean, I watched the Eagles against the Vikings yesterday. Go, go for it. Three different times on fourth down instead of kicking field goals, you know they they were going they were trying to get touchdowns fourth and goal fourth. I mean it's happening. This is the NFL now. There's no such thing. I mean I've seen this. Jacksonville did it last year. Those
0: extra points are not give me's either.
1: Exactly, (laughs) they're not. They're not, and I mean overtime's no gimme either. I mean, you go in the overtime. I mean, you have an opportunity. You need two doggone yards right there to win the football game. As far as I'm concerned, I thought it was great. You're zero five. What do you got to lose? I mean, nothing. honestly, uh, nothing
0: other than the game.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: But, you know, you're zero five. Does it really matter if you lose the game? No. I didn't have
1: no, a, but- no. I didn't have a problem with the. I didn't have a problem with the decision. I know it was the play call. The play and maybe not even the play call, Mike. It was just not executed well. Well, So that's that's my stance on it. You know, they said I I read something where it was working all week in practice, and the bottom line is is that it didn't work. They didn't execute it well. Somebody didn't didn't do what they were supposed to. The throw was bad. He dropped the football on top of that. The whole play The whole play... It was not going to work. Right. It wasn't executed. So that's the bottom line. You know,
0: there's two teams on the field.
1: And you know what? When it's all said and done, Mike... Um, whether we won or lost this football game, would it have mattered? It would have mattered maybe down the down the line, come draft time, and maybe this is a positive thing when all is said and done. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think I think most people will agree it's positive. But on the other hand, you hate to see your team lose, so Absolutely. you know you're kind of in between, you know. But the bottom line is, we know what this season is. We we know what we're better off doing, and yep. we're not better off winning. It's as simple as that. So all
1: right. a loss now is a win later. Yes, exactly. That's the way people got to you know, start it's looking a couple,
0: at it. It's a couple of better players on the roster, you know. <laughs> right. Because it, it trickles down through that draft. It's not just the first pick we're talking about. Oh, it's no. the first pick in every round.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, the farther you fall back, you know, the less situation, I mean, the, the less possibilities you have, I should say, you know, in regard to, um, you know, trades and whatnot. If you're drafting fourth or fifth come this next draft, uh, you know, you've got three, four teams in front of you that can that can trade with somebody and somebody move in front of you and take the guy you're looking at. Right. So you you want the least amount of possibilities in front of you. And right now, you know, that's the positive that you take from this loss is that we're still right at the bottom there, and we're looking at either the first or second pick in the draft right now. You know, five weeks, six weeks into the season, so. Yeah. You know, that's the positive that you take from it. And the other positive is is that they, they, they improved. They played well. You saw some nice performances. They battled. Exactly.
0: So, and that shows well to the coach. I mean, you know, if, if you're Flores, you, you know, your team's still fighting, you haven't lost the locker room or, you know, any of those other things that sometimes happens when you lose a bunch in a row.
1: Exactly. They're going in the right direction.
0: Yep. I think so. I just think people have to be patient and uh, get through it.
1: Right. All right. Lou,
0: thanks for uh, joining me this Monday.
1: My pleasure, as always.
0: And we'll be back on Wednesday uh, evening. All right. And we'll uh, preview the Buffalo Bills.
1: Oh, boy. That should be fun. Go, go, Buffalo.
0: Go, go, What are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) As much as I want to tank, I don't want to hear
1: that. No, no, I'm just messing around. God, boy, did I hate them back in the day. Lord have
0: oh, yeah. oh yeah I still do even even though well, they don't I, have Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and all those other guys
1: Absolutely You gotta hate our division opponents There's Of no course about It goes it. with
0: being a fan It's part of the righteous sign when you sign up to be a and, fan
1: And I hate when we play up in Buffalo Oh Lord Yeah it's a disgusting place Alright <laughs> all right. Yep
0: Fins up Lou
1: Fins up Mike All right, so that's
0: our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network.